0: I'm Cassie Gillespie, and you're listening to Welcome to the Field. Welcome to the Field is a podcast of targeted trainings for child welfare professionals, and we often focus on the experience of child welfare workers out in the field. However, for the last two episodes of our season, we want to bring you a different lens and a different focus and shine a spotlight on the caregiver experience. So today's episode is a special episode specifically designed for kin, foster, and adoptive caregivers here in Vermont.
1: Enjoy. Hello, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in today. I'm Sharon O'Neill. And I'm Janine Beaudry. We're kin, foster, and adoptive family training specialists with the Vermont Child Welfare Training Partnership. We'll be your host today as we talk about grief and loss as it relates to kin, foster, and adoptive families. Joining us today is Michelle Coburn, a Family Services Resource Coordinator from Brattleboro. Recently, I was attending a meeting where Michelle gave a presentation about grief and loss and her work with kinship, foster, and adoptive families. These are such important foundational issues and Child Welfare, and I asked Michelle if she would join us on Welcome to the Field to share her experiences and learning with caregivers and family services workers. Thanks for joining us today, Michelle. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role as a family services resource coordinator? So in my role as a resource
2: coordinator, my, my uh, work is to um, recruit, retain, and support foster families. Um, I also feel um, as my role as a resource coordinator, I feel really comfortable for I've really lived a full circle of foster parenting for I myself was adopted. So I kind of think I get the gamut for I also adopted three children, my husband and I did. So I really feel that I get a clear understanding of the grief and the loss um, for we just didn't adopt. We fostered along the way also. Um, so, um, I feel that, um, I have a genuine understanding what foster parents feel and what they, and what they go through.
1: That's a great point. That is such, um, you know, rich experience. I'm sure at times challenging experience that you bring to your role, um, you know, to be able to have lived and professional experience um in this and often that's one of the reasons why so many people come forward and say i want to be a foster parent because they have you know either they've had a similar experience they might have been in foster care they know someone who was in foster care and we also have a lot of families who um are providing kinship care who you know have taken care of other family members children and um that's one of the the main reasons that, you know, through recruitment um, that we I would imagine you hear so many people say that's why they want to do this work. Yeah. What are the main things that you've learned about grief and loss in your role as a resource coordinator?
2: I think when, when foster children first um, enter um, your home, we ask foster parents to treat them as a family member's. Foster parents have many tasks. They catch up on medical, dental appointments, therapy, education. And with this said, this brings a bonding experience to the table. Um, we ask foster feelings to love these kids, but to keep their heart really guarded because a goal is always re- reunification. And that's a really hard task to ask anyone to do. Mm-hmm. Um It's the hardest job, but the best job that you're ever going to love doing. Making a difference is seeing the difference is amazing for you help them build a toolbox. Foster families give so much, but they also need to keep in mind that the goal is always reunification for our foster children to return home or to a kin provider. And letting children go back home, I think really is the scariest part of all. I think that you're not sure, um, will they be safe? Have their parents done all the work that they need to do? Um, their home is not going to be like your home, um, but that is their home and that's their family. And I think we have to put trust into the social worker and our um, system that these children will be safe when they go home.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really um, important comment that you made about um, I forget exactly how you said it, but about having a guarded heart. Um mm-hmm. And I wonder if you could talk more about that because I would imagine that's just so hard. I think back to my days as a foster parent and it's just so hard when you are like involved daily in someone's life and you're taking care of them, it's hard to have a guarded heart because you just naturally form an attachment or a bond with them. So um, I wonder if you could tell us like some ways that you support families in trying to achieve that.
2: I think that... um any foster parent that comes to us that wants to foster is filled with empathy and compassion. And they want to do the best they can to help this child thrive and help them to build a toolbox that's going to help them when they leave your home. Um, I think that reaching out to foster parents and helping them to build a toolbox and helping them to understand that this child will more than likely go home, Mm -hmm. that um, it prepares them for that. It prepares them to reach out to the parents to help the parents also um, and support them and to support the children. Um, So it becomes this um, task
3: that everybody's joining in on. Well, it it sounds like you're saying that if you walk into the role with I mean guarded guarded heart is is one way of, of talking about it, but also just with the foreknowledge that you're not just opening your heart to this child or youth. You're opening your heart to this child or youth wherever they may end up being. And yeah. that has to include thoughts toward the the their family of origin because that's the initial goal always, right? Well, unless unless Um, It's too unsafe for that to even be a goal to start with. So it kind of like it reorients your perspective around who you're opening your heart to maybe from the start. Yeah.
1: I also, uh, you know, I'm thinking about along um, the course of a placement or, you know, unification or even termination of parental rights um, that there are many places along the way where grief and loss occur for the child or youth Mm -hmm. and their family and maybe also the foster parent. Um, Can you give us some examples of how that comes up along the way? So when a child first comes into care,
2: um, there's a huge loss. They lose so much. They lose their home, they lose Mm -hmm. their family, um, and they lose um, a, a lot of things that are very close to their heart. Like they lose their, if if their blanket isn't brought with them, they lose their, um, the foods they like to eat. They lose the smell of their home. They lose a lot of comforts that made them feel very comfortable. Um, so when they move into a home um, that is much not like theirs, um, maybe they lived in a small home. Maybe they lived in a home that was really cluttered. And then they go um, and they're placed in a home that's huge, a very large home with many children in the home. And maybe there was not a lot of children in the home that they left, or maybe vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so, getting used to that home is is a is a big is a big loss. They also don't get to see their parents every single day and every single night, and they don't get to be kissed by goodnight to their mom and dads. And that's that's huge for these kids. Um, So that that's a huge loss for our children when they come into care. Sometimes we don't have enough homes within our community districts and we have to move them out of the district. So now they're not only just losing their community, they're also losing their schooling. And we have education stability in place, which is great. And we um, always try to get our children back to where they are so they're not losing their school and they're not losing Mm -hmm. their friends. But that always isn't possible.
3: Well, it, it sounds like, uh, Michelle, what you are talking about is something that might be surprising to the average person. So if you're not experienced in working with these kids and youth, if you're not experienced in fostering um, or taking care of um, a, a child who's related to you that's coming from a different home, you might assume, I've got a lovely home we have great food here, we're in a great school system, and these are improvements. You might assume that the change from whatever home a child or youth came from to my home, it would be a positive change, and therefore there shouldn't be any reason for there to be grief or loss related to that, but it sounds like you're talking about grief and loss is a change from what you know and what you've come to love and how you've come to feel connected and grounded in the world. And that can be um, there regardless of what situation you're leaving and what situation you're going into. Um, I wonder if you've noticed Um, folks being surprised by a child or youth having that kind of response to moving into a different home?
2: Yeah, I think that um, when children are moved into a foster home, I think foster parents feel that they're they're trying to give as much as they can to the, to our kids when they come in. I think that they're trying to make up for something maybe that was missing for them. Um, and I think that, um, when, um, our foster children don't, um, accept it or appreciate it right away, Mm -hmm. sometimes there could be a loss for the new foster family like they're trying so so hard to reach yeah. out to a um, to one of our foster children and it's not being received yeah. and they and they and they feel that loss of why they can't help them out because that's why they came to be a foster family is to help a child out
3: yeah, that's that's a great point because obviously, if somebody's walking into this role, they're doing so because they want to be providing a good home and giving love and support to a child or youth. Um, and we we actually just heard a comment from a previous guest talking about you know how she learned that love is not not the end, right? It's mm-hmm. you know you 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 come to realize you give love. And it doesn't mean that that makes everything better. And so there is potentially some loss in like, wait a second, I'm giving you all of this love and I'm giving you all of the support. I had a a hope for what would happen in response to that. And the Mm -hmm. hope I had isn't what's happening right now with this youth. Right, I
2: think it. Ha- you have to go into this
3: unconditionally with mm. unconditional
2: care, unconditional love, unconditional acceptance. I think all of that has to be rolled into one ball to to make this work.
1: Mm. Michelle, we've been talking about foster care and um, kinship caregivers. And I'm wondering, is there a difference in the way grief and loss is experienced for kinship caregivers as opposed to non-relative foster parents?
2: So when you're a foster parent and a a foster child comes to live with you, you are dealing with the with their grief and loss the child's grief and loss when it becomes kinship it's it's much different because the role is reversed it's changed so if um, grandma and grandpa become the caregiver for their um, grandchild, they no longer can grandparent as much. They don't, they lose that role of grandma and grandpa. They become the caregiver for um, their grandchild that comes into care. And um, many grandparents grieve that loss, that they just want to still be grandma and grandpa and not um, have the role of discipline, of, and also there's a part in between now they, their son or daughter also is not able to maybe come over as much as they did before. So it's, it's a very hard loss for kinship providers when they, when they take on this role. Um, It's the best role for, for, for children. And, and, but it's a it's hard for them. And that's why we have a kinship group um, to address the needs of, of kinship providers so they can bring the normal back in normalcy when they come. Because it, when they're with other uh, grandparents or kinship providers, um, when they talk, it feels it feels much more normal for
1: them. Yeah, that's a good point. Um I also you just said that it's the best place for kids to go when they move in with a family member as opposed to someone they don't know. Could you tell us why that would be? I am children
2: belong with their their family if if it's a if the placement is possible, um then to a family that they've never known.
1: Yeah, it's familiar to them, right? They they know the house. They know the surroundings. They know what's okay at the house and what's not okay.
2: Right, and, and they don't get to lose their family during, family during holidays and family gatherings, and it's comfortable, and they don't have to get to know you because they already do know you. Right.
1: So when a child... Is not able to return home, and there's a termination of parental rights. Often, for foster parents who are not relatives, there's a certain accept, excitement um, that we're so excited that this child gets to join our home and be a, a forever part of our family. For kinship caregivers, it's a little bit different because there's um, a major piece of grief that's involved mm-hmm. with that. Do you want to talk about that? Mm-hmm.
2: I think that when that when that happens, I think that kinship families have that loss that their family member couldn't parent any longer. And sometimes that comes with shame mm-hmm. and I think that um they carry that they carry that piece with them and they become responsible and sometimes they own that piece and that's a that's a big loss. Um, to know that your, you've, a family member could not parent a child, and now you're responsible for that child.
1: Yeah. So Michelle, it sounds like you've gained a lot of understanding about how grief and loss uh, impact and add to the trauma that um, is experienced in foster care. Um, What are the ways that you've educated yourself so that you can be in a support role um, for other kinship or foster parents? Um, And also tell us what you've engaged with in recently to deepen your understanding of the practice. So um, I...
2: I became a little um, concerned with trying to help foster families when they, through their grief and loss, when a child returned home or a child, was, um, you know, re- was united with family members and a child may have been in their home for two years, as long as two years. Um, and... I didn't have the verbiage and, or maybe the intense understanding that I really needed to help them out. So I decided to take a bereavement class through um, a hospice, um, through the hospice um, area here, and um, it was a seven-week class, and we did um, a lot of practicing, but it got very deep, where my understanding um, was how to really take care of yourself and how not to own everything that's what's happening in your life because you don't have control of it. And um, things happen for a reason, but it's most important is how we're going to take our care of ourselves after this child um is no longer living with you um, and how can we make it a positive experience so you can, you can follow your passion. You can continue being a foster parent um, through all of that. So Mm -hmm. what I did was after the class, after I took this class, Um, I tried it out on one of, um, one of our foster families who, um, a baby was reunited back to, um, its parents. And we talked about those things. We sat down for a long time and we talked about how will you take care of yourself? What are your good memories? Tell me some good Mm -hmm. memories that you have and tell me, and and tell me where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, sitting with silence is a, is a great thing. Just listening And in not responding in everybody's, everyone's grief is their own. It's always Mm -hmm. different. Nobody has the same grief. And then we took out a calendar and we, and we filled in all the days. How are you going to take care of yourself? What are you going to do on Monday? Are you just going to sit outside and and maybe sip some tea and just listen to the birds sing? Or are you going to go kayaking on Tuesday? Are you going to maybe take a yoga class? Are you going to reach out to a friend? Are you just going to find a nice book? Um, I think it's really important to take care of yourself. And I think it's really important to reach out out to others who understand, like your resource coordinator, like Mm -hmm. they're here to help you Um, because we don't want to lose you. You've done, you know, like foster parents have done such a a phenomenal job and it's Mm -hmm. the toughest, toughest job that you'll ever do. And I think that um, the grief is, is always is most always going to be there whether it's going to be for the foster parent or the child Mm. and the child is always going to have a grief in their heart I mean Mm. they they have lost someone that they really loved um if they don't return back home so Mm. I think it's working through their grief and your grief and coming together.
1: Yeah, those are all really important points. Um, and so I, it sounds like you've been able to offer um, the foster parents in your district and kinship um, caregivers in your district a lot of support just from your experience, from, um, you know, doing the work for so long. In addition to the support that you provide, what kind of education or training um, is offered for foster parents and kinship caregivers um, givers? To help them learn and understand um, how to support families through grief and loss, and how to deal with their own grief and loss.
2: Well, there's you know for foster parents, there's a foster parent training um, that really um, addresses grief and loss, and I think it's it's a it's a great training, and I think they'll come away with a lot from that. Um, there's different classes that are offered um, through. Um, the partnership, were um, for kinship providers, and they're in, we put them in our newsletters, um, and they're offered several times throughout the year. Mm. Um, I would also um, suggest that they, if it's, if they need to reach out, if a child is, is ha- you have a big loss from a child, or um, maybe a parent. Um, has passed away of the child that's in your care to reach out to your your bereavement center um, because there are groups that help children um, through their grief.
1: Great, thanks so much. So when you say the partnership, you mean the Vermont Child Welfare Training Partnership? Correct. Yeah. Could I ask a question about um, local bereavement
3: centers? So that's something I'm not particularly familiar with. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is and how somebody might um, find them and, and kind of access the supports that they offer?
2: So our um, local bereavement and um, hospice center does not offer classes for foster families due to grief, mm-hmm. um, but they do offer if for a child or a parent loss. They okay. they do offer that. Um I kind of um went around about because I needed this education mm-hmm. and sat down with um the director um, of the bereavement piece of the hospice part and um told them what I needed. I told him mm-hmm. I needed education. I told them that um I needed to be more informed, that I needed better verbiage, that I needed um, to sit down with other people who have experienced uh, grief and loss so I could understand it better to, to help others. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I took this, um, this is why I took this class, to mm-hmm. understand it more fully and to support foster parents and to understand or try to understand what they're um, going through mm-hmm. and to be a better support to them.
3: What what was the most significant idea that you took away from your involvement with hospice? And how have you applied that to your work with foster families?
2: I think the most significant is everybody has their own grief. Mm. Everybody deals with it on their own. And um, sitting okay with that and letting them go through it, and but helping them um, and to sit in silence and just to listen and not to rush in and try to make it better, mm. because you can't. And they really need to work it out on their own with the support of others. Mm. That, that's basically what I um, took along, to be a very good listener.
1: Mm. Michelle, this is really crucial and rewarding work. Um, and it's really hard. What are the ways that you take care of yourself while you're also encouraging families to take care of themselves through the grief and loss work?
2: So I take care of myself because this job is so rewarding that mm. that's all you have to do is look back and think like, wow, I remember this or that I, I have such great experiences that I just pull from them. Mm-hmm. And we live in such a wonderful community. And my, um, the staff that um, I have at, in our Brattleboro DCF office are wonderful, very supporting, caring people. And I just pull from all of them. And I also um, take care of myself by um, spending time with the things I love, and if it's kayaking, hiking, walking, I just make sure that it's a healthy outlet and uh, talk through it. Don't I don't let it fester. I I make sure that it's out.
1: Michelle, you've learned so much in this journey of deepening your practice. Do you have a vision for how you'd like to share this information so that others like your fellow resource coordinators and family service workers can learn from your experience?
2: I um, recently presented tips and strategies to the um, resource coordinators, and I'm hoping that they um, came away with you know, with some strategies to talk to foster parents. Um, it's not, it's, it's, it's something that we do every single day. Every single day, we are talking to foster families about grief and loss. Um, and I'm hoping that they are able to, to put this forth and um, use this um, information.
1: Michelle, is there anything that um, you would like to share with us about um, the experience of grief and loss for people involved with the ch- child welfare system that Janine and I haven't asked you yet.
2: I would say don't give up. Like, fostering is the hardest job that you're ever gonna have. And it takes a village, and we're all there for you. And we really, we really need you to reach out so we can support you. And, um, our, our, our kids need you. You're important.
3: Right. Well, I mean, what I've heard you saying all the way through is to, um, to, to, to kind of get to know your own internal world, get to know when you have something that's troubling you that you need to sit with, figure out, learn about, reach out to somebody and get support when you need support, and then mm-hmm. make sure that you're taking care of yourself each and every day along the way so that you can continue to do the work. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Taking care of yourself is the most important, the most important thing. And and when you're when you become a foster parent, your family needs to come first. You need to take care of your family, and you need to take care of yourself, and you have to keep each other healthy so you can provide foster care and 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 be a, as a whole for a family for a child that's needing your care. Mm.
1: Those are important words of advice to take care of yourself first um, before you can really be available to take care of anybody else. Um, you know it's complicated work it's un- it can be unpredictable um, when you're dealing with grief and loss and trauma and um, I absolutely appreciate that you took the time today out of uh, your your work day to have this important conversation with us. Really appreciate that you joined us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening.
0: If you have any ideas about topics that you want us to cover, or episodes that you're interested in hearing, shoot us a message. You can reach me by email at cassie.gillespie at uvm.edu. Or you can leave us a comment on the web page where you downloaded this podcast. Welcome to the Field is produced by the Vermont Child Welfare Training Partnership and the state of Vermont. And a special thank you to Brick Drop for composing and recording our music. See you next time.